We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, CMOS girlies. Top of the morning. It's Sunday here in New York City. It is 9.56 a.m. And, you know, your favorite podcast hosts are back. What's up, Emma? Hello. I'm great, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Is that even how the thing goes? Um, yeah, Kate and I decided to do a early morning podcast because Kate and I actually do operate best in the morning. I always talk about that, like my dream, like work schedule or like working hours, if I could like, you know, manufacture it in the way that works best for me, it would be from like 7am to noon and then 7pm to 9pm mm. because like the middle of the day I'm anxious. I just want to like walk and not have to think and worry about life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm great. How are you? Uh, you know, great. Um, Emma and I, you know, we, if you guys listen to the pod, I'm sure, you know, like ad reads, we do those. So we've been pumping those out. Um, I want to post the bloopers, but I also like, don't really care. Um, but yeah, it's funny whenever we botch a word, I was trying to say, if you listen to this, there's like an athletic greens ad. And I kept saying clumps in my cup. (laughs) As soon as I said that, I was like, this has got to fucking go. Um, so these are, you really did that one to yourself. Yeah, it's fun to do these little ads. Um, and yeah, there's going to be some exciting stuff. Once this podcast is live, there's some fun stuff in the works. Um, fun stuff that you guys don't know about and you won't know about for sorry. a while. <laughs> yeah, if you want to slide into our DMs and ask, we will not be answering. So. You're entering. All I'm going to say is we are entering our ghosting era. You're ghosting. We're not ghosting you. So you'll hear ghosting. from us again. It's just a little bit of radio silence moment. Uh, we need some time. We need some time. And it's an undisclosed reason. And Emma and I are in our like little privacy era. For me, I know I'm a blabbermouth about everything in my life. Um, you put a phone in front of me, I will, t- in front of me, in front of me, I will talk about anything. So it's going to be hard for us to be private, but I'm really excited for the end of this time trial of a month. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a little breakthrough and it's, it's exciting that we're back. We're back, baby. Um, how's your, I know you and I personally, like in our personal conversations, I've been talking about how our workouts have been feeling like really, really good, which I think is like the most, um, like rewarding feeling ever. Um, so yeah, how, how's your workout routine? How's running been for you? I know you're finally getting back into the swing of things, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. I finally have a way to channel my angst into running again. It's been good. I think I've, I mentioned this last pod, but I took two months off and I did a lot of strength. Shout out mad fit. Um, love our queen. What I've been doing recently though, is because her videos are kind of like 10 to 15 minutes of just random strength. Like I have a, a 25 pound dumbbell that I got from target during the pandemic. And then like eight pound dumbbells that I got on Facebook marketplace. Cause I was like panicked back in, back in 2020. So that's all I really have access to. I have been thinking about getting a gym membership. I was like, God damn it. Equinox. Like, do I go there? I know that I would use the squat rack and stuff. Um, however, my new workout is that I will set a timer on my phone for 10 minutes 
and I will just have my dumbbells and my resistance bands over there and I will do stuff for 45 minutes, 15 seconds off. And like in that 15 seconds, I'm like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do arm thing, ab thing, like squat? Like what the fuck do I want to do? And it's really fun. Um, I've just been doing like a lot of, it's kind of like the Joe Holder ethos. If anyone follows like exercise snacks, just doing really short movement. So I'll like, I'll get home from something and I'll just do like a 10 minute little workout. And for a while when I was growing up and just like, until recently, I was like, 10 minute workouts are fake. You have to like kill yourself to feel any benefits, but I feel so fucking strong right now that it's really helped my running. So that's my fitness bit. Um, what about you queen? How's the swimming been doing? Swimming has been very good. I feel like very, very strong. And yeah, I definitely feel like I'm getting into like the true groove. Once it like kind of got cold, I like sort of took a few weeks off. So I was like, uh, I don't want to, but you know, I sucked it up and now I'm really enjoying it. And I just realized that like, it is so good for me, like mentally. And then I've been like lifting weights again because like the place that I belong to, it obviously, you know, it's like a true gym. So I've been like lifting heavy, which feels really good. And, you know, I'll supplement with like Pilates here and there. I canceled my Pilates subscription just because I was like, I kind of know how to do everything and I can kind of just like guide myself, but it's nice to have like lots of different options for me. I think when it comes to like working out, cause I feel like for the longest time, I was like, I can only do Pilates or I'm only yeah. going to lift weights. And it's just like nice. So like, you know, I, if I'm not feeling like to do stuff, that's like super intense. I can just like, you know, do a little bit of like resistance training in my apartment. So I definitely, yeah, it feels like liberating just to like really like listen to my body and like wake up each morning and be like, okay, what is it that I'm feeling today? And I think that's like a huge thing. I think for anyone who's ever been like an athlete, especially, I think it's like really easy to kind of get down into like the whole like over exercise mindset and like really feeling like you have to like kill yourself every single day and it's like Emma you're not training for the Olympics no. you can just be very chill with your and also too, also too like adding on what you said having so many forms of movement is so good for you like it's really shitty like I used to just do the exact same thing every single day and then wonder why I was burning out so fast it's like yeah because you're you're overusing the same muscle groups and really not giving yourself any variety um so I agree like it's been nice for me to do the low impact stuff and then some days when I'm really like angsty or feeling it just like go on a fucking sprint run and like do kill myself for three miles and then come back and just like chill in bed for the rest of the day. So, um, yeah, finally feeling very balanced. I think food has been good for you and I as well, which we talk about, like, obviously on and off the pod. Um, that's like our dialogue every day and it's been good. I think, yeah, Emma and I were talking about like, when you come from a place of an eating disorder, it's so hard to trust your body, obviously. And just trusting your hunger cues, but like Emma and I have probably been sabotaging ourselves for so long that our body doesn't know what's normal. Like, even though I do get my period now, it's still like, yeah, my body's still probably confused and still figuring that out. So yeah, Yeah, the food's been good for me. And, you know, I mean, like I would still like Kate and I are obviously like recovered and everything, but I think it's still normal to kind of have some sort of like, you know, warped relationship with food and, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. And yeah, I would say like right now it's just been like nice just to really like actually properly fuel my body and just like listen and trust, um, my like to my body um because I'm like so tired of like working against it yeah um, and I think also to adding on that it's so unrealistic I think for anyone like see girlies with recovery to have some idea that you're never going to be triggered by food or have any sort of lingering thoughts like for me with my first kind of round of recovery and the therapy that I went to and I really didn't like it um it never you know, it focused on this like pretty picture of like, you're going to be a normal eater. You're going to have intuitive eating. You're never going to like think about calories. You're never going to think about like, oh, do I look bloated? Do I this? It's normal to have those thoughts. It's just how you act, if you act on them or not. That's, I think the biggest change that I've made that it's like, okay, if I feel bloated, I'm not going to go and like do something crazy to like, try to solve my bloating and then restrict tomorrow and then get in this bad mindset. It's like, no, just fucking moving on. And the thoughts are still there. Like I was listening to a really good podcast. Um, you know that like woman from Goop, like Elise Lohan or whatever her last yeah. name is. She has her own podcast now. I don't know if she's a oh, wow. but there was a podcast with like Dr. Gottfried and it was like woman food and hormones, and they were kind of talking about how it's like really frustrating and like today's society, you know, we live in such like a visual, like aesthetic society. So like basically, you know, our whole idea of like health is like a very like much like a reductionist approach where it's like if someone's skinny, you just presume that they're like healthy and like not necessarily like that may not actually be the case and there's like obviously so many so much more data that goes into like you know if someone's actually healthy or not because you know the whole I mean I'm not trying to like trigger anyone with like the words that I'm using but like skinny fat like someone could be like thin but actually very unhealthy on the inside 
And I thought that was like really like comforting to hear that like, yeah, like everyone's body is different and we all are just kind of like little machines and what might be good for one person is not necessarily good for someone else. And I think I really have been like truly honing in on like that whole like idea and just being like, you know what? I'm great. Whatever happens to my body, I'm going to honor it regardless. And I think that's like been a huge breakthrough moment for me as of late. Yeah. I think I've also realized too, just how much stress does impact your hormones. Like that's the stuff that I think has always pissed me off about wellness culture and just like body positivity and stuff. It's like, no, you like look beautiful. You'll feel better. Like you're, you can't stress yourself out or it'll impact your body. It's like for a while I was like, that is bullshit. Just because I'm stressed doesn't mean I'm going to not get my period. That's so fake. Like that's so pseudoscience. Like that's not actually true. Um, but then you do realize that when I've pinpointed points in my life, like reflecting on when you've had your period, when you haven't had your period, all that stuff, it's like, oh yeah, our bodies are actually smarter than us. And like working against them, like you said, is pretty fucking stupid. Um, and I was in an interview for something this week and it was kind of, they're kind of asking me like cringy, like, where do you hope your content is in five years? Like, what is your, your niche? And I like all these stupid influencer interviews. I'm just like, this is the dumbest motherfucking thing ever. But what I said was like, I would really like to, because on my personal page, it does associate with CMOS girlies, but it's like, I would really like to be able to say that I was treating myself well enough that I could be a role model for people. And I think that's a goal that Emma and I both have with CMOS girlies that like, we're telling you, you know, how to be well and like treat your body well, how to get some movement, how to grocery shop budget, become a modern woman, how to date properly, how to have boundaries with men and also like have that independence. Like that would be a goal for mine for five years to be able to be this role model of like what it is to be a modern woman that takes good care of your health and doesn't really take shit from men. Um, no, and I think, yeah, I think to piggyback off of that, um, I had no idea this is where the intro was going to go. No, me but, too. I, I mean, like, yeah, I think like Kate and I always talk about like, you know, pretending to be like everyone's like older sister. And I think like, I always wish that I had a role model like this or someone who just like I could relate to just because again, like it can be really lonely and I'm like the oldest and like the only girl. So I didn't really have much of like that guidance of like what it is to be, you know, a young woman in her twenties. And I think like a lot of people, you know, are listeners are like, you know, mostly like college and high school. And I think like it can, this like transitional period for you, like in your life can be like so confusing and really lonely. And like, it is like so hard to think now with like social media, that's like, you're being like thrown so much different advice and whatnot. It's like really hard to like, know who to like trust or who to listen to. And so hopefully you guys do feel like you can like trust us. And we're all like learning together too. I think like Kate and I, you know, want to be like relatable and not come off as like, you know, these picture perfect, like it girls. Cause we're very much like anti it girls. Like we're kind of like the opposite of like what I feel like you generally see on a lot of social media apps. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely, yeah, just like, even though, you know, we're always like, you guys need to like listen to the pod and we always like are, you know, being crazy. We like do actually um, do care about you guys. And, you know, yeah, we're just here to help you all out. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think Emma and I, for a while, probably didn't feel confident. Like when we first started the podcast, it was very vague. If you guys, it's more of a variety show. Um, so once we pivoted to wellness, I think I felt a little bit off about it for a while because I was like, I don't want to perpetuate what I hate about wellness. And what I think about wellness, I was talking to my mom about this yesterday. It's like, cause she's on TikTok and she's just scrolling. Cause she gets a lot of like weird diet tips for like old women. And I'm just like, this is fucking hilarious. The algorithm. Um, And I'm like, the thing is with wellness is that I never wanted to be a part of it because it is the that girl aesthetic. It's all these girls that are so aware, unaware of like the socioeconomic and political issues that affect food and body image and wellness. They're just giving more people like eating disorders low key. And that's where like Emma and I come in where it's like, no, like if you have a spirulina stain on your shirt, like that's very much why the meme stuff has worked. You know, people, brands ask us like, why do you guys make the memes? It's like, yeah, because everything you're doing as a brand, this picture perfect image of someone in their aloe yoga set, doing their Pilates, eating their perfect acai bowl and like a $200, like stupid smoothie bowl. That shit doesn't stick. It's not realistic. Like Emma and I do a lot of these habits. I think we also get questions where people are like, oh, you guys actually take your supplements every day or like show us a day in your life. And that's the stuff where I'm like, yeah, we actually do this shit, but it's like not cringy. And there's a viral TikTok kind of going around where it's like going in my stupid little mental health walk. And it's people like power walking, like really pissy. And that's how I feel about wellness. And I'm like, I'm like, I think wellness is so fucking cringe and embarrassing to be like, 
yep, I actually like, you know, take all my vitamins and I take a probiotic, like yikes, but I don't want us to be like as sea moss girlies feel like you're ever lumped in with like the stupid that girl aesthetic. Like, and I think like, uh, yeah. And I we're think trying to create a new mold of it, like a new mold of like what wellness can be. And I think there's so much pressure with, you know, how wellness is kind of, you know, advertised to everyone nowadays. It's like, yeah, you have to like basically change your entire like life and you have to like change who you are. And I think it's like, you need to just like stay true to yourself. And I think like Kate and I are really trying to like show that like you don't have to subscribe to like all like the stupid bullshit that is always perpetuated online that like, yeah, you can just kind of like be your little loner self and like, you know, do the things that make you feel good. But like, you don't have to like also like have this like dream aesthetic and like present yourself in a certain way on social media to be like considered like a true like you know wellness god yeah and there's like this is the same with like social media trending right now like I'm sure everyone knows that like people are predicting like the casual photo dump will come back and it's not even a casual photo dump like it's very planned and very staged like Emma Chamberlain does very well because she's like relatable even though she's like a billionaire you know that's kind of I think with wellness and like CMOS girlies and what we kind of see for the future with you guys um that like you also can take the stupid supplements but you don't have to feel like you're like you know, sacrificing everything else and you are in this like toxic world. Like I still take my ashwagandha, but I also still think a lot of wellness culture is like problematic and needs some interrogation. So that's that. Um, now in today's episode, I'm sure a lot of you CMOS girlies are very excited for this. Trader Joe's, inside Trader Joe's, what the fuck is a Trader Joe's for our international? Trader Joe's, the one thing that is holding this country together. (laughs) Yeah. I, so I predicted and I got a lot of shade Okay, rightfully so on my Instagram from some CMOS girlies because I predicted that Trader Joe's is out for 2022. Now, this was a joking full list, but I said that because I think there's just this cult mentality around Trader Joe's. Like, I still willingly shop there multiple times a week, but it's just so odd that it's become this cult. And so that's kind of what this podcast episode is going to be about. Like, how did it get to be this status? Like, what's so special about it? What makes it different? Like, it might be really confusing. Um, I know I was seeing this guy from Canada for a while and he was like, oh, I'm going back and like, I need to go get Trader Joe's snacks for my family because we don't have them. And I thought that was so weird. I'm like, you're really going to go get like chocolate covered pretzels just because they're Trader Joe's brand. Like it, it has that buzz around it. So we're going to give you guys a look into what big, big TJ's is like. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So let's get into episode 62. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. 
No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies, did you know dates are hot right now? No, no, we're not talking about dinner dates with your crush. We're talking about these delicious sweet superfruit. We're here today with our friends at Julie's. Dates are trending, and for a good reason. Julie's dates are a perfect sugar-sweet swap as you ditch refined sugar and start your new year strong. They may look ugly, but they taste like caramel, and they're loaded with antioxidants, and they're low in the glycemic index, so they won't make you crash. Dates are delicious on top of a dessert potato or a bowl of oats. Julie's dates have more potassium than a banana per ounce, so they're good for recovery for our fitness girlies. These dates come in the cutest boxes with sustainable packaging, and they're farm organically grown as well, which will make you smile. So if you want to try out Julie's, you can use code CMOSGirlies at checkout for 20% off your order. Now back to the show. All right. Into big Trader Joe's. So picture it, POV. You're about to walk into a Trader Joe's. What are you going to experience? So I didn't start going to Trader Joe's until I moved to New York. There was a Trader Joe's close to us where I lived in Minnesota, but we just never went. We always went to Cub Foods and Target. But you walk in. Um, you know, you see some employees, chatty as fuck employees. That's going to be my first sign for you guys. They're always wearing Hawaiian shirts also. Yeah. I was going to say that there, there are so many, sometimes I feel like actually not because Trader Joe's stores are frequently busy, but I do feel like there is a, a, a imbalance where there's sometimes more fucking workers than there are shoppers. And I'm like, do y'all, how are y'all getting paid? Like, we really don't need that many people here. But that's kind of their mystery and their magic is like this relationship with the employees. I'm sure if you guys have been, it's like a super weird parasocial thing. And now there's like all these trends on TikTok where it's like, I hope I impress the Trader Joe's employee or like what's happening in the back room. Like, I also know a few CMOS girlies are Trader Joe's employees. So this is like no tea, no shade at you. I'm just talking about it as a cultural phenomenon. But one thing that's weird that I've noticed is that they're stocking shelves during store hours. And it's really awkward. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to actually have access to go pick these cashews and you're kind of in the way. Like, why are we doing this right now? But the kind of strategy that I was reading about on their website or this insider thing is like, they do this because it increases the probability that like an employee will start talking to you, which has happened to me. Like if you're an employee, if you're a shopper with your headphones in, you do not want to be bothered. You might not like Trader Joe's because I was shopping one time for kabocha squash and I picked it up, was just going to continue on. And one employee was restocking and he just started this fucking interaction with me. He was just like, oh, what do you do with that? Like, what is this kabucha squash? And I'm just like, no, I don't want to get into this thing, babes. Like, also you work here. How have you not just like, you know, figured out what a fucking squash is? So that's number one thing with Trader Joe's. Uh, employees everywhere. Employees everywhere. Um, they're also known for like a lot of like their cold favorite items. I feel like people have probably heard of like the whole like two buck chuck, like their super duper cheap wine. Yeah, they like, like wine frozen store. section. I actually- I remember going to the grand opening day of Trader Joe's back home in Omaha with like my mom. And I truly feel like we grew up eating like the orange chicken that like comes in like the frozen section. And like, that was like our meal my mom would make us. And like, we had all like freak the fuck out when she would like come home with like the bag of like orange chicken. But I feel like, yeah, they're like very, very, very known for their like frozen meals and like their frozen section is like kind of like open and not in like you like look down into it as opposed to like you know traditional grocery store where it's like you have like the big doors and it's just like a way for it to be easier to like pick into and like grab stuff and then also I think like the biggest thing and we'll kind of get more into this too is that like Trader Joe's like it's all like mostly private label and so because of that like they're like able to have like weird quirky names for all their stuff (laughs) like the Scandinavian swimmers which is just like their version of like Swedish fish candy and I feel like they really create this like type of novelty around like all of their product yeah and the trader jojos it's all like knockoffs of your favorite things or like comparable items and then people get this like idea and thinking about it now like after you're talking it does feel like it is this kind of like nostalgic period for like when processed foods first came around and people started clashing onto brands like oh like rice crispy cereal box like I want to go get this I think they are kind of playing on that where food you know people are now sort of eating like I don't know. I mean, not really, this is not a broad food trend, but if you're into health and wellness or whatever, like a lot of people are eating whole food plant-based diets. You're not getting any gimmicking packaging. You're just getting a fucking avocado. So Trader Joe's is kind of utilizing the fact that like 
oh, like food can be fun. I have all these like cute kitschy meals. And there's also a lot of, I mean, this is a comment that I feel like about Trader Joe's is that there's way less variety. Like it carries about like 10 of the items that you could get at a traditional grocery store, whether that's produce or spices or anything. It's like, you got a few options. So if you're looking to make a few meals, you definitely can. But I think if you're making a recipe, like if I was following a recipe to make a curry, I would never go to Trader Joe's because you're not going to be able to find like the proper powders and spices. If you're baking, there's no way in hell you could find like tapioca starch you know they only have their shit there so it's very streamlined and that's kind of their their benefit right like they have their own banana bread mix so like you kind of have to use it and you just go buy a banana with it I Um, also feel like the type of people that shop at Trader Joe's exclusively are like the type of people who don't cook and it's just like I'm gonna talk about like frozen meals and then it's like the people who shop at Whole Foods I feel like are like the annoying pretentious like I like to make ramp pesto. Yeah um I feel like that's like the biggest like difference between like where you shop at a you know, but like, obviously everyone shops like everywhere, but yeah, I don't go to Trader Joe's to like buy ingredients to make specific meals. Yeah. Another thing is that there's never sales or coupons. So that's kind of their thing. They always just keep their prices low. There's like that fearless flyer. I don't even know what that is. Honestly, I've never picked it up. You enter, you get a cart and there's like a flyer. Is it like their favorite items that week or some shit? It's I don't like, be, like I'd like read through it or whatever, like back home. And it's just like highlighting their products for like the month basically and it's like kind of cute and whatnot and like that's like really the only like advertisement that I think that they like really do like you never see like big like billboard ads for Trader Joe's yeah there's also no self-checkout like you very much have to go uh the checkout experience is weird you wait in a line and then they like ring a bell and there's like all these employees and they like tell you to go there um they also never do delivery or pickup so you have to like go there and shop a lot of other grocery stores are doing that they also have a no ask or no questions asked return policy I would do this a lot a few summers ago when I would buy a full watermelon and, you know, you cut into a watermelon and sometimes it's just dog shit. I would go back and I was like, sometimes I would take a photo and I would show them and they're like, oh, you don't need it. Just go pick up another one. So I'm like, why, what the, how, how can I just pick up another one? Um, And then like we were saying, the last thing that I was kind of thinking about is like with the advertising, like so much of it is based on people. Like they really are playing into the free advertising that people just fucking give Trader Joe's. There are all these Instagram accounts, like Trader Joe's list, like here's a new item that dropped or you know, like I remember, I remember when I was vegan, I would always follow the like Trader Joe's vegan vegan. account. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the intro to Trader Joe's. Now the background about it is that it's a U.S. based like supermarket chain, but it's owned by the German retail company Aldi Nord. So it was founded in Pasadena in 1967 by an entrepreneur named Joe Columbe, I think, but then it was acquired by Aldi in 1979. So it's like operated by the same, you know, sister store, which is Aldi and Trader Joe's. Aldi is kind of known for just having really cheap products. I went there like once or twice in Minnesota, but it was like far away. We never really grocery shopped there, Um, but they are related if you were curious. And then as we were saying earlier, like how do the non-Trader Joe's brands get selected? Because there's very few of them. About 80% of the products carried in Trader Joe's are like their own store names. So salsas, like chips, like Oreos, like I was saying, they have JoJo's. So you really can't go there and like, if you're seeking out a branded item, but they do have some exceptions. And I was like trying to find like, how do they choose like which stock is? And I really couldn't find much. Emma and I, we were researching this. We were like, damn, Trader Joe's has a good publicist because there's like no fucking information on them at all. They have like very vague press statements. There's been some, like I was reading, like I was on a database for, um, a few colleges that were doing like research papers on Trader Joe's. They did their own like research, but there's really nothing like written about Trader Joe's insider, uh, insider ball game here, but they do carry stuff like partake cookies, the GT's kombucha and Yoko's vegan butter. So when I, you know, my just like own analysis of this is that they probably are getting stuff that they can't manufacture in house. Like Trader Joe's probably doesn't want to waste time to make a kombucha and like try to get that to market vegan butter, I'm trying to think of other brands that they have. Um, but I don't really know how they choose. Yeah. I'm going to imagine yeah. you get something if it's easier not to like grab or to make. And so then that gets into like, how do they actually source all of like the products that they do have on their shelves? And so Trader Joe's does not like actually manufacture or like create any of their own stuff. They are in like hush hush agreements with a bunch of like third party manufacturers. And so they do not disclose like that. And these like third party manufacturers do not disclose that they supply Trader Joe's these products. Cause a lot of them are like PepsiCo. Conagra, et cetera, and a lot of like lesser known labels that like none of us probably really know about. And so because Trader Joe's is doing like this like private label business, they're able to actually like cut costs because they're cutting out like the middleman. And so they're purchasing directly from the manufacturer. 
And so obviously, you know, if you're like Pepsi Co or like ConAgra and you're producing like basically like a pita chip for Trader Joe's and Trader Joe's is selling the same exact pita chip for like $2, you don't want like your consumers to know that like they can get that, those pita chips for $2 versus like maybe $4 at like your traditional big box grocery store. And I think like also Trader Joe's doesn't want people to know that like they're not actually like creating any of these products. Um, And the reason that there's like kind of speculation towards like you know, who's behind like the creation of all these like products is like largely from like the recall information from the FDA and USDA. So essentially when like a product is recalled, the manufacturer is like required to publish all the stores and labels in which that item is sold. And Eater did like an investigation piece in 2017. This was like the biggest like article that I was able to find that like was able to do some sort of like, you know, deep dive into Trader Joe's. And they were basically sifting through like all these like recalls from Trader Joe's in like the last like 10 years. And they discovered that a, a dozens of companies that have at least at like one point supplied Trader Joe's like food. So like, for example, Tribe Hummus, which is like a hummus brand, they recalled the Trader Joe's tahini free hummus because it may have contained sesame seeds. And then Naked Juice recalled a Trader Joe's like protein fruit smoothie beverage in 2008 over yeast and lactic acid bacteria. And another speculation is that like a lot of the ingredient lists are nearly identical to name brand versions. Now manufacturers are able to supply like Trader Joe's with, like different flavors or varieties to create some differentiate some difference between the products. So that's how like Trader Joe's is able to create like 10 billion like potato chip flavors like dill pickle. Yeah. But they like notice, for example, that like the Stacy pita chips are identical to the Trader Joe's sea salt pita chips. And so like, you know, due to these like very like draconian like agreements that manufacturers must sign with Trader Joe's, we as consumers obviously have very little insight into like where these foods are like made, where the ingredients are sourced and like the working conditions, et cetera. And I think like Trader Joe's does kind of create this like sort of like idea that like, oh, you're purchasing like a very like healthy, natural, like good product. But probably at the end of the day, like the JoJo's are probably also just like Oreos and probably contain the same exact ingredients. And like, obviously, you know, you can like read the ingredient label, but also Trader Joe's does like create these like limited time, like launches for certain products. And again, to like kind of tap into like that hype and like produce like FOMO. And so like, this is really like a tactic that they've been using to be able to like grow a captivated and like dedicated fan base and only offer certain products in specific areas based off demand. Like I know that like that eggplant hummus that like Everyone always was always obsessed with back in the day because I think it was like oil free, which is like so yeah. sad. Like it was never available on the East Coast, but like all the West Coast girlies were always like talking about like, oh my God, like the eggplant hummus, et cetera. All of the um, vegans, like Stella Ray on YouTube were talking about that shit. And I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't see it. But yeah, it's like kind of interesting that like Trader Joe's does just kind of like utilize all these like third party manufacturers to like create their own foods. And it's obviously like a brilliant idea because they're not like, you know, sourcing and like creating um but yeah it's like interesting that we have like such little insight like you know all like the people who've like written like investigative pieces have always tried to reach out to Trader Joe's but as Kay mentioned they are very very quiet and they do not comment on much yeah and kind of the politics of Trader Joe's a lot of the CMOS girlies mentioned this um like how does Trader Joe's pick locations and obviously like with grocery stores if kind of doing an explainer if you've never really thought about this like why do I have a grocery store in this neighborhood like there was this one piece that they did in, this is a politics thing that uh, I think 538 politics did, or maybe David Wasserman of Redistrict was talking about, he coined this term called Whole Foods voters. Like he did a demographic analysis of like, if a, if a political district in the House of Representatives voted for Hillary Clinton, there was a Whole Foods in the district because he was tying together affluence and then political alignment. So that's just to say that like the grocery stores in your area, it's based on income. So if you've never thought about that, like think about, you know, where you live and the average median income, and that's going to correlate to what you have access to. So if you have to drive to a different place to go to an Aldi or a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods, like that's just based on money, unfortunately. So Trader Joe's is only really available in affluent suburbs. That's something I always picked up on. Like Trader Joe's, I don't think there's any, there are a few now outside of Manhattan in New York, but I know that it's like very limited of where they put their stores and it's not accessible to those in low income areas because you'd have to travel there. Like the distance you'd have to get there if you don't have access to a car, like getting on public transit to a Trader Joe's is really difficult to do. Trader Joe's kind of claim that they seek out population density, like they're a neighborhood store and they want density in one spot versus spreading across an entire region. So as you can see, like there's targets everywhere, but Trader Joe's is like, we want to have like the one neighborhood specialty shop that people have to like come for to create this demand. But this ties to gentrification and it kind of ties to it 
in a front end way and a back end way. And what I mean by that is gentrification typically works at like new homes are built, large price tags on them. People can't afford them that were previously in these neighborhoods. So with these new homes, investors realize that like in order to appease these people that are now in a higher income bracket, we have to give them services that they're going to want, i.e. the bougie retail places, the bougie athletic centers. Like it's always a sign that a city is getting gentrified when a Whole Foods get, like shows up. That's like pretty typical. Um, and so Trader Joe's is similar, but I've always thought that like, oh no, Trader Joe's is like everyone's grocery store. Like it's cheap and stuff, but the introdu- introduction of a Trader Joe's is pretty much like a catalyst for gentrification. Like the consequences are going to correlate with rising rent. That's going to displace longtime residents. So it's like the benefits of like, yeah, now everyone can go get like the 19 cent bananas at Trader Joe's, but the people that used to live in these communities no longer can live there and are boxed out. So like Trader Joe's like claims that like, oh no, we're equitable, equitable. And we have all these like low prices. But when you look at neighborhood by neighborhood, there has to be a discussion about finding the best way to optimize the benefits of healthy, affordable foods, while also like mitigating this risk of gentrification. So as like an overarching theme, it's like Trader Joe's are more common in areas where the population has, um, upper to middle class income. So the typical median household income is in excess of $100,000. And these communities are obviously going to be less reliant on SNAP benefits. So that's kind of like the the class politics behind Trader Joe's, even though they brand themselves as being like everyone come in and like, you know, fantasize about your little like Hawaiian t-shirt wearing employee. Like it's not, it's not that pretty of a picture. Um, Kind of the economics of Trader Joe's. This is something that I found to be interesting because people always say like Trader Joe's, great prices. So the overall prices are found to be about 16% lower than the averages of competing grocery stores. But when you look at product by product and different like types or things you're looking for in a grocery store, it does vary. So the produce prices were about 24% lower than average. The meat prices were only about 8% lower. So some ways that Trader Joe's tries to ensure that their prices stay low is that, you know, the private label, private label products that Emma kind of already spoke about to eliminate the cost of having a middleman in supply chain. So having to deal with GT's kombucha, like how much are we going to surcharge? So we make a profit, you know, that type of shit. The next thing is that they buy and bargain orders from suppliers in volume. So it's probably similar to like what Costco does where like you can just get shit in bulk. But the next thing is that Trader Joe's relies on spoken word of local customers. So we talked about this a lot that you don't really see marketing by Trader Joe's. I actually guess they have a podcast. Like, let us know if you guys listen to it. Cause like, what do they just talk about? They just talk about dill pickle popcorn the whole fucking hour. Like, I'd love to know. Um, I'm never going to click into that, but they don't do marketing. Like they do rely on these customers and they do rely on people to like be so buzzy about like the little fucking shit that they have at Trader Joe's. And then they do simplify uh, product packaging to minimize like label costs. You know, even though there are the little cute designs, like it is very streamlined. They're not making any like obscene new shit. Um, And then like the next thing that I have always thought about with Trader Joe's is plastic usage. Why is there plastic on everything? Like why is there plastic on all of the produce? There's a, there's like the one bag. You guys know what I'm talking about five like bell peppers in just a plastic bag what the fuck's the point of that you know why or like or the two zucchinis that are like in the cardboard tray with the plastic that one has always blown my mind yeah that one pisses me off too um yeah the cucumbers that are like that the persian cucumbers as well like why the fuck are we doing that trader joe's so obviously customers that are now like more sustainably minded and eco-friendly when they shop have like given Trader Joe's shit. There was a change.org petition. A lot of like eco-friendly people were talking about how Trader Joe's is bad. You know, people do on like blogs, like what's the most sustainable grocery store? And Trader Joe's always ranked really poorly. So after this feedback, they started to announce this plan in 2019. They were going to cut out 1 million pounds of plastic uh, from their packaging. But when you think about all these kind of like, this is my beef with like private companies is like, okay, so you're going to cut out 1 million pounds of plastic. That really doesn't mean anything to me. I can't grasp how much you were actually using. Is that even significant? Is that 0.0001% of what you were doing? Also, like now that you're not using plastic, are you just going to go use something else? Like it's not greenwashing to a degree. It's just like fucking annoying that us consumers are just like, we have to just trust whatever they're doing. Also, I've noticed that like, like I've been shopping at Trader Joe's since like 2019, obviously I have not really noticed Notice, a significant yeah. decrease in like their plastic usage and like their products. So I kind of feel like it was just like a bullshit statement and they haven't actually like lived up to it. Also, I was going to say it could be plastic that ge- deals with 
manufacturing, like getting stuff off the truck to the consumer. It could be the stuff we don't see, but that's like where it's frustrating as a consumer, where it's like, you want to like, you know, push companies to do the right thing. But then in reality, reality, you're just like, I don't know if any of this is actually significant enough to make a change. Like, let's say every Trader Joe's cut out plastic or like cut out 1 million pounds of plastic. Is that even effectively changing like the global carbon emissions? Probably fucking not. So it's like, it's such a scale thing that I think is frustrating. Um, Anyways, in 2019, they started to replace plastic and styrofoam containers. Like this would be in the produce and the meat. And they started using like more renewable plant-based options. So they have like more compostable trains versus like a styrofoam option. But at the same time, again, like every single grocery store has been going through the same thing that like the consumer wants sustainability. We have to change in some way. So like Trader Joe's making this pledge. It's like everyone else was also getting rid of styrofoam too. Like there was already this like pushback to styrofoam. So they said they also wanted to get rid of like, I never really look at greeting cards, but there's like plastic sleeves that obviously go around greeting cards. They wanted to do like a plant-based starch around it. Um, So it was like biodegradable, but yeah, another thing that is like a shitty thing about it so much being in plastic is that you can't shop effectively. Like all the items are prepackaged. It doesn't allow for you to, as a consumer, to decide how much you want. Like you're getting five teeny tiny avocados. You can't really select that you only want one. Um, the bananas are the only thing you really can go ham and like the apples. But like I'm saying, what if I don't want two zucchinis? What if I want one? Like you can't just like fucking slice open the plastic bag and like choose one, you know? So that is another limit of all the plastic usage. One thing about health is that like Trader Joe's uses a lot of palm oil and I'm surprised they haven't gotten called out. Maybe they have and they just haven't shifted. And then another thing is that like 40% of their eggs are not cage free. I noticed that when I first started eating eggs that I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to Whole Foods because none of this is really like good when you think about the things you want on eggs. Well, um, I like why Trader Joe's uses a lot of palm oils, probably largely because like if they're using the manufacturers that like, you know, like from Pepsi Cola and like Conagra, like, that's probably like the only oil that they're voice, using. I think, yeah. like, it would like, it would take like a lot more like for ConAgra to fully like, you know, switch over to like, you know, coconut oil or something. And so I think like, because of that, that's like one of the frustrating things that like, if you want to see change in Trader Joe's products, it would actually take such a major lift. Yeah. Like Trader Joe's would literally actually have to like personally produce all of their own foods and not go about like the private label route. Um, and so like, yeah, that, that's like another like frustrating thing where it's like, again, you probably like think that like Trader Joe's is like this like very like wholesome, like we care about your health and everything. And I was actually listening to a podcast from Gastropod yesterday about like palm oil and like how actually it's like really, really important. And like, you know, lots of cuisines in like Africa, but obviously just like how it's now been like utilized across like the globe. There's like so many issues with it, but just like another like tidbit of like why that's probably the case. Yeah. The next few things about Trader Joe's kind of like how it is as a corporation is that it does do some giving back. So like, you can feel a little bit good about that is that it donates hundred percent of its products that go unsold that are still safe for consumption. So it said it donated about like 30, you know, 345 million worth of products to charities across the country. So each store has like a donation coordinator who is responsible for working with local food banks, soup kitchens to arrange these daily donations. Um, and it also donates like fresh flowers and health and beauty products that are still in good condition. So that's one way that you know, Trader Joe's is thinking about like food waste, which is awesome. One thing that does suck about Trader Joe's, there's a few things we're going to get into, um, union busting. So you want me to get in, define to you what a union I can, I think it's, it's kind of difficult for us that are Gen Z now to understand what a union is. Cause we have been deprived of them. Like our parents definitely have an idea that like everyone in your workplace would talk about this. There's fair and equitable wages. Like there wasn't this fucked up relationship where like people wouldn't talk about like why you got fired and there weren't like all these um, mandatory arbitration clauses and stuff. That's a a whole politics thing. But basically Trader Joe's is known for union busting specifically during the pandemic. So it's not even only Trader Joe's, like Whole Foods is doing the same thing, but the CEO and chairman sent a letter to all employees on March 31st, opposing labor unions. Um, And because Trader Joe's employees were trying to unionize for a very long time. And so the CEO called these attempts to like recruit staff, a distraction um, and a bunch of memos. And so the efforts were basically calling for hazard pay during the pandemic and also like adequate protections for grocery stores, like when COVID was like really, really ripe back in 2020. And the company or the corporation at large was just kind of like suppressing all of these like local unionization efforts. So that's an extremely shitty thing to see um, Trader Joe's do. I know Trader Joe's isn't alone, like Whole Foods is doing that, like Amazon, Jeff Bezos were obviously doing the same thing, which just sucks that union busting is so prevalent now. And then the last thing that someone asked about is that I remember hearing about this, but I didn't remember like when this exactly happened is that Trader Joe's has like, quote, 
ethnic foods. And we did a podcast about like, I don't know which one this would be in, but we talked a lot about like when grocery stores have like a quote ethnic section where they put like Mexican cuisines and Japanese cuisines. Like what does that say about the grocery store at large versus like putting refried beans in the bean section? There's like a Mexican section that they have, you know? Um, but Trader Joe's, I, I didn't even know this because I wasn't like looking in the frozen section, but change.org petition asked Trader Joe's to like remove their racist packaging. And what was on their foods is like on like the Mexican themed foods, it was saying like Trader Jose's and Trader Ming's was another one. And this was back in like 2020 in July when there was this petition going around. So Trader Joe's said that it made like several decisions to only use the name like Trader Joe's and products going forward. Um, But I'm just like viscerally shocked that that was even like allowed up to this point in 2020. Like I'm sure people were obviously like aware of this and it was happening, but I just can't believe that like the company fucking got away with it for that long. Yeah. Wild times. Um, so that's kind of Trader Joe's. Um, you guys, I'm sure are going to be asking about well, what are your favorite things? If I want to go to Trader Joe's, what do I get? Um, um, the first on the top of the list, I have Montezuma chocolate. Um, Kate introduced me to this, but it's like a refined sugar free chocolate. It's really just like the cacao nibs and like really dark cacao. chocolate. Yeah, it's really, really good. So if you're into dark chocolate, definitely recommend getting and it's it's like really inexpensive it's uk based so you can't find it anywhere else that's what i've noticed too because i was like on the montezuma instagram and like trader joe's is the only like place you can get it from so noted there and if you're looking for a nice um item to complement the dark chocolate i really love the trader joe's raw creamy almond butter it is like truly like the creamiest almond butter it doesn't have like that gritty taste that i feel like a lot of almond butters have and i could eat like an entire jar in one sitting and i am proud of it i guess um but yeah, they have like a really good nut butter selection. I feel like they almost have like too many where I'm like, everything like looks the same. Yeah. Um, and then my other one I said is like the ginger turmeric tea. That is a very good, yeah. good tea that I feel like I used to drink all the time, like in high school. I have not purchased in a while, but if you're looking for a good, good tea, I recommend. Yeah, I need to pick her up. The next one is pickles. I really like the Trader Joe's pickles. Like just their fucking dill pickles are nice. The next one I said is smoked salmon. So when I became unvegan, I unveganized myself. I was looking for all, you know, the adequate certifications and I was buying my uh, salmon and fish mostly at Whole Foods. And I went to Trader Joe's and I noticed that they had a smoked salmon that was wild caught, um, which I was like looking for. So that's a great option. You know, it is pretty expensive to get smoked salmon. So I, I only get it really if I remember it, which is rare. Um, the next one is like everything, but the bagel, you know, everyone loves it. I think you can get this at normal. You can get this at other grocery stores, but I think Trader Joe's is like known for their little, like fucking little white jar of the everything, but the bagel. Someone noticed this in Geneva. And I also picked up on this too, is that Trader Joe's is like, it is in plastic, but you can get pre-cut leaks from Trader Joe's. Like if you've ever seen what a leak actually looks like, it is a long fucking thing that you got to chop with like a machete knife. It is insane. So Trader Joe's has like two little skinny leeks that you can get in a bag and they're very effective and like leeks are a great uh, prebiotic food. So I've been eating those. Another thing that I know you don't like, but I do like is the frozen artichokes from Trader Joe's. I put them in the microwave and then I add a little bit of hot water from my kettle over them. Like once they're done and I mix some miso paste with it, just in like a small bowl. Um, And I really do love the artichokes. I do like them. They also have cans. Yeah, I buy their can artichokes. I also said I love beets. I love beets a lot. And they have like steamed and peeled beets. And like there's always there's also that brand like Love Beets, but they're kind of expensive and you get like two idiots. Yeah, you literally get three. Yeah. But um the steamed and peeled beets from Jardos are great because like making beets is like a mess. And I just Disaster. like have them like ready. Um, we have a funny one at the bottom. Well, I actually have one more that I thought of. They have this cruciferous like kale and, and Brussels sprouts. It's okay, that, that that's very good. That is very good. Very good. Because I hate, I never want to like use a mandolin and like chop cabbage and Brussels sprouts and stuff. Uh-huh. It's like a nice slaw to have. Um, but yeah, that brings us to our next one. So story time, walk down memory lane. I was on, you know, my Instagram archive just looking through like, Emma and I get very nostalgic for 2019 for some odd reason. I'm sure you guys probably have some similar pinpoints where you're like, damn, what was life like before COVID? What was I doing? Yada, yada, yada. So going through my Instagram story and Emma and I would go to like Trader Joe's together. And then we would like come home and make some weird fucking concoction. I remember I posted on my Instagram story. I have this screenshot. It was March of, no, it was later to ring shorts. It's like May or June. We went to Trader Joe's and I posted on my story as like a cheeky, jokey thing. And I was like, what if Emma and I started a podcast? Would you guys listen? And it was funny because it was like, you know, people that just followed me personally. I didn't really have this whole like influencer thing. It's like 55% of people were like, yes. And it was like the rest were like, no. What are you guys going to talk about? Like potatoes? 
Um, yes, yes, we, we, and look at, we are talking look about- Look at us now, baby. Athletic Greens paying our rent. Just kidding, not paying our rent. But yeah, it's worked out. So shut up to our haters. So there was one time, I don't know what the fuck we were doing, but we went to Trader Joe's and I just remember the, our, our, our mutual cart together was so depressing. So after dinner, we wanted something else. We went, we got rusted potatoes, cashew fiesta, and like, I think that, and sparkling water, the big jugs of sparkling water. And I remember we were walking home, holding the potatoes in our hand down, I don't know what it is. I think it's Van Dam Street or some shit when I used yeah. to this village. Yeah, that was a depressing ass time. So that brings us to our favorite cashew fiesta. We've talked about it in Geneva, but uh, Emma, you want to describe what this is? So it's every oil-free vegans fantasy. Yeah, it is the most psychotic um, ingredient list. It's yeah, a dairy-free fiesta cheese dip. It is like clumpy when you open it. Like you have to warm it up for it to like melt or anything. But it's truly just made from like potatoes, carrots, nutritional yeast, and some spices. It has no fat content. Like you could fully eat the entire container and probably feel even more hungry afterwards. Yep, that has happened to me. I've um, pulled before. I'm a, I like. I've, 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 I've hyped it up before. Literally. I was like, Oh, like, let's try cashew fiesta when I'm with someone else. Or like, there was a guy that I was with and I was like, let's buy this fucking red flag cake making a man eat cashew fiesta. I remember I used to like, as when I used to eat, well, sometimes I still will randomly eat like the sheer talking noodles and like a weird, ironic, funny way. But I remember like, I used to make like cheesy noodles with the cashew fiesta and that and tempeh and kale. Like yeah what was I doing what was I doing with that that is like a sad a sad not even a meal at this point like that would not fill me up yeah Um, dark times literally dark times their packaging is so weird I just honestly don't even know how this product exists and it like stays on the shelf like are people buying this and just like eating it up people are definitely just convincing themselves that it tastes good but like deep down hmm. I have a meme that I haven't posted yet about like oh my god like you blend up like potatoes and calling it a cheese and it's like very much like why the fuck you know when I first went vegan like Emma and I probably were trying to make everything from scratch I tried to make cashew cheese it was just blending like I never went down the super orthorexic thing where you only blend potatoes and carrots I would always put like a fat source like cashews or like coconut oil or something in there but the the fact that it's like an oil-free dip is just uh, fucking concerning to society it's it's very questionable Big yikes, big yikes to Trader Joe's. So that product, we got, we beef in with you on that one. <laughs> um, but that's big Trader Joe's. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, once again, Trader Joe's must have an amazing publicist. Um, let us know if you listen to their podcast, by the way. Yeah, and let us know what your favorite Trader Joe's products are in the CMOS Girlies app. I'm sure you guys are w- way more well-versed than us in the products that there are, like all the little snacks and like that's the thing they're frozen section so another thing if you're international is like the frozen section you reach down into it and then there's this like you look over and there's like chocolates and stuff above it I just feel like I'm paranoid when I'm shopping now with COVID that I never like browse so I never see like oh like the chocolate covered pretzel bites dipped in this you know I never look to that section so if you're into that stuff let us know what's good and maybe we'll do a little taste test or some shit who knows that would be fun to do maybe a Instagram live of trying your guys' favorite yeah products I would do oh, that I would do that that's so fun we're like little youtubers back in 2013 mm-hmm. yeah um well great potting with you you know it's 10 45 we have our whole day ahead of us um I'm gonna make some plans? breakfast because I am hungry yeah me too I don't know what I'm gonna make but we'll see I'll do a little yogurt bowl I think because I don't have patience for anything else yeah that's about right um thank you CMS girlies I hope you are you know, enjoying our, our meme, our meme question, question, or meme mystery right now, you know, we'll keep potting. Don't worry about it. We're going to post pods weekly, but just we're not fully going away. Yeah. We're, we have, where you guys have access to us. Don't worry, you know, but there's going to be some little privacy, uh, but it's for a great reason. And I'm sure at the end of it, you guys are going to be giddy with joy. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for listening to what the fuck Bye. Love.